You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. How are you doing? It's a question that has become really ubiquitous in our daily interactions with people. It's a question that I have been asking really consistently here on the show since the pandemic disrupted all of our lives back in March. And it's a question that has regained a bit of its meaning in this time. It's a more honest question right now that warrants honest answers. To be frank, when we would ask that question before, most people would just say, I'm doing fine, right? I just kind of blow that question off. Now, when you're asked that question, I think you give a little more thought to the answer and you offer a little more about yourself and what's really going on with you. The pandemic has stripped us of the lives that we thought we would be living here in 2020. Some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have gotten sick. And we are all grieving. And that's why we've decided as a show to just check in with you, with this wonderful community of people who listen to this show, to talk about how you're doing. We want to hear from you the rest of the hour. If you're struggling, if you're in pain, if you're confused, if you're not sure what's going to happen in the near or the distant future, or if you're surprisingly just doing okay, tell us how you're coping or how you're struggling to cope. As always, here on the phones, the number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll try to work those comments into the conversation as well. And we've got someone here to help guide us through this conversation and this bit of, I guess, introspection here in our community. Dr. Arash Javanbacht is Associate Professor of Psychiatry at Wayne State University and Director of Wayne State's Stress, Trauma, and Anxiety Research Clinic. Dr. Javanbacht, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes. So let's start with your tips for people to maintain their mental health during a time like this. This has gone on, as I said, for seven months now, a really long time. And it strikes me that, uh, that there are things that we might want to consider doing now that we might not have thought of doing back in March or April. What would those things look like? Uh, if you don't mind, let me just uh, get to why we are so stressed. I mean, we know why we are stressed, but mm -hmm. uh, from a stress standpoint, I want to note that there are a few factors in any stressful or traumatic situation that makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Basically, things that when, uh, when an event happens make it very hard for us, <clears throat> all of which are here available in this pandemic, sadly. One is the factor of transition. Any transition or any change in stress, whether positive or negative, right? And here we have transitions and we have them in all aspects of life, from how we dine, how we work, how we interact with our family members, even the amount of time or hours that we would spend with the family, with friends, with the colleagues, everything turned and changed in a matter of days. We did not even have time to prepare, right? Before mm -hmm. this, we would be given, let's say, uh, a program or notice that, okay, at this at our work, this little change is going to happen over a course of two months, and we would still find it stressful. But now everything in one day changed, 
And then there's a lot of uncertainty about the situation. And uncertainty also makes any difficult experience more difficult. That we, a lot of things we don't know still about this uh, virus, how it works, when it ends, when we will have better treatments, and even details of the ways of uh, transition. And when we turn into the news and turn to the, uh, let's say, social media, there are a lot of other unknowns and uncertainty unnecessarily added to this story. And the last part is the lack of control. Anytime we don't have too much control over a situation, it makes it very stressful. Mm -hmm. And here, basically, most of the control we have is to stay away from other people and uh, wear a mask at this point in time. So all these factors make it very difficult. And that gets me to get us to, you asked about how to cope with it. The first thing is to accept the fact that this is a very tough time. Mm. A lot of times, like my patients, when they're very stressed, I tell them that let's don't pathologize this, understand and accept this is a normal human reaction to an enormous amount of stress. So just accepting the fact that I'm not doing something wrong, there's nothing specifically wrong with me that I'm dealing with this with a high amount of stress is uh, is important to basically be kinder to ourselves because like uh, this is happening to all of us. Knowing that this is not just me who is struggling is also important. Data shows uh, that during this uh Spring and summer, Americans have been extremely stressed more than before. There's been a lot more symptoms of anxiety, depression, and uh, trauma, and even substance use, So, which, which is like some people trying to cope with this stress. Other ways of stress, uh, coping with, the, with these conditions include uh, knowing the facts. As I mentioned, the unknown is very difficult, mm-hmm. makes uh, any tough situation tougher. Trying to know the facts is important. Facts about what is the condition, what are the risks, and how we can mitigate these risks. And get and that is also <clears throat> a sensitive uh, area in this day and time because there's tons of contradicting data coming at us about how to uh, how to protect ourselves. And it's important to get those facts from the authorities who know what they're talking about basically from the CDC, from the uh, healthcare system and health providers rather than just some random Facebook or, or Instagram posts or, and, or politicians. Mm-hmm. And that's just because it has become a very political uh, thing. And given, uh, speaking of politics, uh, the, speaking out of experience, what I can say is that that is also another area which is at the same time stressing people a lot. I see it in my patients. There are two things which are very hard on them these days. One is the pandemic, and one is the very vicious and difficult political environment that we are uh, we are in. Mm-hmm. And that takes me to the next point, which is exposure to the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a ton of negative news coming at us these days. Whether it's about the pandemic or the economy or the politics, especially when we look at the we'll listen to the cable news. And, and please feel free to stop me or slow me down if I'm uh, going on tangent. No, no, that's, that's uh, great. Yeah, so there is a lot of uh, negativity coming out of the news. And especially when we turn into cable news, there's also an emotional component added to it. I always say that 
cable news are not just news channels. They're kind of reality news, politics, TV shows with a lot of emotional tone. And that is, uh, that is very stressful to people. I hear people telling me that we are very much stressed listening to the news for hours a day. And my answer is that, well, you don't have to watch TV for, uh, for four hours a day. It's important to know the facts. It's important. I don't want, I, I'm not encouraging people to be ignorant or uh, uninformed. It's important to know the facts, but I don't have to be listening to uh, cable news five hours a day to know the news because that's just a repetition of the same emotional stories regardless, uh, regardless of the specific channel I'm listening to. So I tell people just limit it to half hour of those news or listen to the radio or uh, listen to the uh, news media that are just news and facts, not mm-hmm. too much emotionality, mm-hmm. or read. And then the rest of the time, if people want to spend the time with uh, on TV, uh, there are uh, TV shows, there are comedies, there are movies, there are, rea- uh, uh, what's the there are documentaries that we can have fun with and learn a lot from. I always say our brains are like our dogs. <laughs> if we feed, if we don't feed our dog, or we feed our dog garbage, we will end up with a sick dog and diarrhea all over the place. Same applies to our brains. If I expose myself all to the negative stories, whether it's on the news or uh, even uh, social media, uh, well, the output is uh, clearly not uh, very uh, please, uh, pleasing. Yeah. yeah, so it's important to limit those uh, exposures and uh, get the real facts. Then there are also other activities that we could always uh, focus on. There have been active, like a lot of us have uh, more time on, their, on our hands these days. Yes, we do. There have been things that we always wanted to do, hobbies we wanted to get into, even skills that we wanted to learn. If I have, let's say if, if I'm unemployed, I know it's a very, very tough situation for a person who's un- unemployed during the pandemic time, but, I might be able to use this as an opportunity to get to some free online courses and learn some skills that might help me with my next job. Um, keeping the routines is also very important mm-hmm. before this, especially for those who have uh, had significant job uh, changes, whether it's unemployment or those who work from home. Like myself, I haven't uh, worked from office for about six months now. Mm-hmm. So, it's important to keep the routines we have. We used to wake up at a certain time, go to bed at a certain time, have our meals at a certain time. And those routines keep us disciplined. It's important to keep those. If I want to sleep in, sleeping during the weekend time that I used to sleep in, not every day. Yeah. And then when it comes to that, it's also for people who work from home. Now the boundaries and borders between work and not work are a little bit blurred, right? Mm-hmm. And some people find themselves overworked now because if I'm working from my bedroom, the work is always there. The mental context of working is always there. And I tell people, even try, if you can, have your work in one room in the house and never bring it to other places. Have other places of the house be homey and not working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get to to listeners. We've got a lot of people who uh-huh. are listening and and really responding to to what you're saying here. And I want to get some of those comments into the sure. into the conversation. And again, if you want to join us, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter. 
Put comments there. We'll work them in. Beth on Facebook says, I am pretty introverted by nature. This pandemic has taught me that even I need social contact. I miss hugs. I miss family time. I think that's a really common sentiment. Felicia on Facebook says, I'm good. I love people having to keep six feet of distance. Uh, Julia on Facebook says, I miss hugging people. I miss gatherings. I miss my parents. I want to hug them and spend time with them. I'm getting used to the isolation, and that makes me sad. Uh, let's get to the phones here. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about this. Sharon and Harrison Township. What's on your mind, Sharon? Hi, good morning. Guess what? This is like the first year of my retirement. Oh, wow. And this is not what I had planned no, for No, I'm sure not. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a retired clinical social worker, and and... So all of the things that I've, I've heard in the last, you know, five minutes are all the things I used to tell my clients. But the point I wanted to make is that, you know, I'm 69, and I have had time to build these coping skills throughout my life, mm-hmm. right? And I do live by myself. So I don't have to contend with other people's anxieties. You know what I'm saying? I don't – I have a path that I walk, but boy, I didn't, it just, I didn't wake up one morning and say, well, I'm just going to go with the flow and I'm going to, you know, just let things happen the way they're going to happen. Mm. Um, I had to learn how to do that. And, and the biggest thing is, is, you know, that works for me is that whole sense of what do I have control of and what do I not yeah. have control of? Yeah. Um, so Sharon, so it I, sounds like, you know, despite the disruption that you're in a pretty good uh, place mentally, at least to, to manage all this and kind of balance the disruption and the isolation with, uh, with a little, with a little calm and, and maybe Zen, right? But I didn't, you know, it didn't automatically happen. You really got to work on it. And now people are getting thrown into this without having the time to, you know, work on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, Sharon, I, yeah. <laughs> I, it sounds like you're doing pretty well. And I, I love that. And, and I really appreciate the call uh, and your sharing your experience with us. Let's go to Marge in Macomb Township. Marge, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Um, I refuse to live in fear, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. I follow all the safe distancing. I stay home unless it's necessary. But I belong to several different support groups, and I reach out to people in those groups if they're having a problem. Uh, I will try. I'll sit and talk with them, and try and be as positive as I can. Yeah. And I think that's important for me is to help somebody else. Yeah. Wow. That's a really that's a really great way to think about this is that uh, whatever we're experiencing, there's maybe somebody else who's having a harder time and and we can pitch in uh, to make it better for them as well. Marge, I really appreciate uh, the call and those thoughts. Let's go to Annette in Detroit. Annette, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a neonatal nurse, and I can't say where I work, but uh, the census is down, the number of patients, the acuity level is down, which is nice, Mm -hmm. but there are some that are extremely sick, so I have some patients who are really sick, they have nothing to do with COVID-19, and they cut back hours at work, and we're all economically taking the brunt of it, Mm -hmm. except for the higher-up people. They don't seem to cut back on their money. (laughs) It's such fun, always always fun to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another 
wonderful thing, and not really, is my daughter's in Oregon, and she's in the fire zone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's very difficult um, in general sense. Uh, I don't get to hide away at home like most people do. I have to do the usual thing. I did realize that I live a pandemic life when the pandemic didn't exist. And I have um, not bill-paying problems, but I have feelings for other people that they have to exist. I know of a couple that are living in their car right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is nothing to actually, you know, quite look forward to for the next at least couple of years. Um, I know what the lady said a couple of minutes ago, her retired years, and she's, you know, worked her way up, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's hard nice to think her, of. It it's hard to think of what will sort of get us back to a state where we're celebrating things and looking forward to things. Uh, I, I really do appreciate uh, you you calling and, and sharing that with us, Annette. Uh, we've got a break in about two minutes, but uh, Dr. Javenbach, I want to give you a chance to react to to our callers and, and commenters. Actually, these were very, uh, very important uh, points raised. I could talk for like two hours about all the points that were raised. What Sharon mentioned about accepting what we cannot change is extremely important. Knowing the boundaries between what I can do and what I cannot do is important because I don't want to keep exhausting my mental energy on what I cannot change, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of things which are outside of our control. What Marge noticed about creating more meaning about our own life by helping others or any kind of activity, especially these days that a lot of us have lost our meaningful activities, that's important. Helping others or anything that can bring more meaning or a new cause to our life basically helps us get going. We know from research that that motivation, that cause, that uh, uh, meaning that we create helps a lot in coping with stress and reducing its impact. And when it comes to Annette's points about frontline workers and healthcare workers, we are learning more and more about how much the stress, depression, anxiety, trauma level is in these people who are exposed to a tremendous amount of work, risk at work, and also death and casualties and difficulties that they notice uh, they have been exposed with the patients. That also includes the uh, uh, first responders, such as uh, uh, EMT personnel and the law enforcement after, I mean, I can talk about social life after we come back. If yeah, you have, uh, we should yeah. definitely do that. Uh, we need to take a, yeah. a quick break, but, but I would love to hear you uh, talk about that. Okay, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue this conversation about how you're doing. We want to hear from more of you about that. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there. We'll try to work those into the conversation as well. We're going to raise a little money and then we'll be back. Stay with us on Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. 
And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Dr. Arash Javanbacht, an associate professor of psychiatry at Wayne State University and director of Wayne State's Stress, Trauma, and Anxiety Research Clinic. We're talking about how we're all doing through the pandemic, the economic disruption, the tense political climate that we all live in, lots going on and lots of reasons uh, for us to not feel great about things. Uh, we want you to call and let us know how you are feeling and how you are coping. What are you doing to make sure that uh, you can maintain your mental health through all of this? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there and join the conversation that way. Uh, Dr. Javenbach, before we broke, you were about to talk about social life uh, and the way it has changed and the way uh, we might cope with things uh, during the pandemic uh, in the way that we interact with our friends and family. Yes, Stephen, and you read a few uh, comments before <clears throat> about how differently people are coping socially. So we are, uh, and that's what I see in my clinic, so we are inherently social beings, but we interact with the society in our own different ways. Like I did the same way at, uh, that you read the comments. I have some, some of my uh, uh, patients and clients saying that, oh, I'm, much, I'm, I'm doing very well because now, like before this, I was not a very social person, and now this is normal, so I'm not feeling terrible about not wanting to interact with others. And others are like, now I understand why my dogs want to chew the walls when they're alone at home. So we see people, uh, people have different responses to this. But in general, we, almost all of us need some level of social interaction. And those help us, especially in times of stress. We have more group tendencies in the time of stress because we get support from each other. We can learn that others are also as a stress and that has a normalizing effect on us to know that this is not something inherently wrong with me to feel uh, difficult. And also we learn coping skills from each other and supporting each other. Like so I learn how my friends are doing it and we support each other and we, it, it brings meaning to our life. And there are many ways of staying socially connected. So that's, I highly, really encourage people to don't lose their social connections. We don't have to, I mean, I, one thing I dislike about the term social distancing is that it's more about physical distance, yes. not socially distance ourselves from others. So we can be safe and socially connected. Even like there are, I have friends of mine who are doing like workouts online together. And just a quick point about exercise. We are learning more and more how physical activity is important for our brains and bodies. Mm -hmm. We know it's almost equal to medications when it comes to mild to moderate depression and anxiety. It helps brain growth, boosts the immune system, reduces the inflammation, and there are ways to do that. So staying active, creating a routine, especially if we have more time, even if it is, I always tell, five push-ups or five sit-ups is better than none. Ten more steps is better than none. Creating those habits will help a lot with lifting our moods and reducing stress. Mm, yeah. Uh, I want to get back to uh, the phones here. 313-577-1019 is the number. Adrian's got a really great question uh, about the way we feel about each other right now. Adrian, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, and I want to tell you that your voice was a constant soothing thing all during the deployment that I felt I knew I could listen to you oh, at 9 o'clock on the radio. Much. But yeah. if I may quickly get to my question, mm -hmm. I want to ask the professor, 
I was deployed. Some people were not. They were, you know, they could stay at home or wherever. But I was like a frontline soldier with a gun. And they were, you know, pushing papers. So when I come, I have some type of feelings toward them now. And I guess I need to come to how do I forgive myself and forgive them? Me forgiving myself for thinking that there wasn't valid reason for Mm -hmm. them staying at home and me forgiving myself for not trying to, for not feeling that way when I'm in their company. Mm -hmm. Great question, Adrian. Uh, Dr. Javenbach, what should she do about that? I'm sorry, uh, it's part of Adrian's uh, question, but I couldn't hear well. Could you just rephrase it for me? Uh, you know, she she was someone who was a frontline worker, and uh-huh. now she's being rejoined by people who did not have to do that work during the height of the pandemic, and she's got some feelings of resentment uh, toward them. She's wondering how she can forgive herself for feeling that way, uh, about uh, her coworkers and how she can forgive her coworkers for uh, being able to sit home through much of the the, the real hardship. Got that. Got that. Uh, so, in terms of forgiving yourself, I mean, sticking and staying with feeling of guilt about it is neither going to help you nor your coworkers. I mean, and I'm repeating the obvious. You, you know that. But sometimes you want to hear it hear it from someone else. If you keep that guilt. It doesn't make any of you happier. And in terms, I'm a very pragmatic person in terms of practicality. At the end of the day, what matters is that your happiness and prosperity and that of theirs. So when you forgive yourself, so, so that's about the part for yourself. And about the part for them, the, what I have learned in my clinical practice is that there's a lot we don't know about other people. I mean, we may know, think that we know the next person to us. But there are things in their life, in their personal life, in their mood, in their character, in their interactions with others. We don't know what difficulties they might be going through or may not or or might not. But in general, what I'm trying to say is that it is very difficult to understand and know exactly what's happening in another person's mind and life to be able to have enough data to judge them. And that's why, again, from a pragmatic perspective, for you and them to be able to continue to be happy, I would say it's easy, the more practical way is to remember the past doesn't exist anymore. What exists is now and the future. Mm. That is the shortest answer I could give. Mm. Uh, great answer and a great question, Adrian. We really appreciate uh, the call and the question there. Let's go to Vernon in Auburn Hills. Vernon. Another interesting show, and I enjoyed uh, Cory Booker earlier. Uh, He's a well-spoken, interesting guy. And this is coming from a Republican. (laughs) But uh, your guest mentioned being pragmatic, and uh, finding the gyms are uh, exercising in the parking lots, which I find to be pragmatic. Mm -hmm. But the reason I called is a lot of people don't have a savings account, Mm -hmm. and this is undue suffering. And these people are on the ropes and I think saving, to, to save is not instinctive. It's learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we should focus that. I mean, this is, a, this is a lifelong lesson right now going on. These people are really in, in rough shape, and they're, they're in their 50s and 60s, and, and they're, uh, they're on the ropes. And it's, uh, it could have all been avoided if they would have had some kind of a rainy day fund, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to hear from Dr. Javenbach, of course, about that, but I would also say that one of the things that prevents people from saving 
is the, the, the wage stagnation that we've had over the last 40 years. I mean, people are just not making enough money to keep up with all of the demands of life and put something aside. It's one of the economic issues that I think we've got to really focus on. But uh, Dr. Javenbach, it's also a stress inducer, of course, when you don't have enough money and when something happens like this pandemic and you you need it, uh, but it's but it's not there. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the, what I can speak to is the stress, which definitely is there, and all of us are in one way or form stressed some more. But in terms of the change of behavior, I would I believe that this pandemic is going to change a lot of behaviors in all of us uh, for the future. We know from previous such events that the impact of stress continues to go on for a few years at least, even after the resolution of the problem. So we will see people change. We will see people may probably be more careful and more considerate when it comes to money. Uh, we, we're going to end in about two minutes, uh, Dr. Javenbach. I want to quickly get you to talk about those of us who are doing well. There's been a, an opportunity to reflect and regroup for a lot of people, but it could be hard to be honest, I think, about that when so many people have lost loved ones or jobs. Uh, how do those of us who are doing well hold space for everybody else? Well, I always say a big... Uh uh, a very important aspect of life is to be happy and share happiness. And I really believe this. I don't say it as a preaching point. So me being happy is as important as the person next to me be happy. Sometimes we forget about ourselves and we think that, oh, oh all my job is to help others to be happy. Mm-hmm. So e- each human being being happy, including you and I, is important. So if I'm happy, awesome. Less, one less sad person is a win for the humanity. But then it comes to sharing it with others. If I am happy, if I'm doing well, share it with others. Whether it's a smile, whether it's like uh, calling a friend and being encouraging and supporting, or even like uh, lending money to someone that we know. Mm-hmm. So it is okay to be happy. We don't have to feel guilty about doing well because one human is doing better. Awesome. But then uh, if we are having that and we, have, we are capable, then we can support others and try to spread and share we can only give others what we have. If I don't have happiness, I cannot give it to others. So it's good that some people are doing better, but mm. try to share it with others. And if I can have just one quick point, sure. uh, actually in our uh, uh, the clinic, we have created an app with basically some of these tips about how to cope with the pandemic. If anyone is interested, it's a free app owned by the university. Yes. And we can, the name is Pandemic Stress Tips. So in Android or uh, uh, iOS, anyone who can search a pandemic stress tips, and there's an app that provides these tips about coping with stress. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Arash Javanbakht was really great to have you here with us for this conversation. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. You have a good day. Yeah, you too. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. We're going to raise a little more money before the end of Detroit today, but I will be back tomorrow. And I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.